uh, hey, Worsties, uh, we felt we needed a bit of explanation here because this is a weird one. Uh, we recorded this episode back in September at my brother Dan's bachelor party. Well, we recorded the first half at the bachelor party, uh, then the second half a few days later via Zoom. So the first chunk was a group of dudes yelling into a microphone while drinking. I'm pretty sure that's going to come across when you hear it. The second part is more composed and slightly more sober. Plus, it features a first-time drop-in from a long-time listener and one of my old high school buddies, uh, Aaron Bradford. Uh, because this episode was so filled with guests, a veritable cornucopia of weirdos, we thought it would be fitting uh, for Thanksgiving. Um, so, one other thing I can't help but bring up. Uh, since we recorded this episode, renewed accusations of assault have surfaced, uh, stemming from an incident between Kirk Douglas and a young Natalie Wood. Uh, this has long been a rumored story around Hollywood, and, and while we may never fully know what happened, um, Richard and I, and actually all of our guests from this episode, uh, believe Natalie and her sister Lana. As we go into the holiday season, we encourage you to make a donation to one of the many great organizations that help victims of domestic violence and sexual assault, like RAIN, R-A-I-N-N dot org or the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, nsvrc.org. Any little bit helps. All right, uh, with that, here's some real chaotic silliness. Enjoy. All right, George, here okay. we go. Great. Feel pumped? Feel good? Pretty pumped. Pretty pumped. All right. <laughs> That's some, we're not going to put this in? This, this is just us getting ready. Everybody listening, we're not going to put this in the podcast. This is me warming up yeah. my voice. Get it right over this. Do you remember when men wore skirts and gypsies like a jealous bluff and calico and a brocade shirt? So Do you remember when girls wore slacks? Fuck you. Welcome to another edition of Worst Scene, the podcast about movies. You don't find many of those these days. This is a live episode of Worst Scene. It's not being recorded live. I mean, every episode is recorded live. It's not like we we script them or anything. But this mm -hmm. one has five people at the table, which is a very hard thing to control, especially since we're all at least a little bit drunk right now. And some of us are just checking our fucking phones while we're trying to talk oh, here. Oh, sorry, yeah, man. I'm going to my notes. He's picking up his notes, the, notes man. For the okay. Let us play or play, okay? Right, sorry, I this is essentially a live you know episode Fuck for that. us. I'm going to check mine, too. Check your fucking email. Check your phones. You. Check your emails. Whatever it takes, folks. I, I appreciate the fact that Land has notes. I have notes. I have fucking I have notes. notes, too. I know, but... I like... wrote notes about the movie I watched last night. No. I don't remember as well. I'm yeah. sorry, Land. I'm sorry. Okay. How's our audio, Richard? Should be. Our audio sounds good <laughs> enough for me to for me to make it work when I'm editing later. Damn. Does everybody project into the microphone yes. when you're talking? Don't turn to each other and talk. Yep. Talk into the microphone, no matter what. Look at the blue what light. You're saying. That's, that's Look into the blue light. Look into the blue light. So. Uh. We won't. There's no reason to, to mess around. Let's no. let's introduce ourselves. Yes. I am always um, one of your co-hosts, Richard, uh, uh, here with me uh, as ever. I'm a co-host. I'm George, a co-host, and let's just go round robin, circley toppy. Um... Well, uh, I guess I would come to <laughs> what the fuck. 
Yeah. Okay, I guess that would come to me. Uh, I am Dan. Uh, you may have known me from the other episodes as a, uh, a trivia historian. Yeah. Yeah. Guess. Okay. That'd be fine. A, a, and also as a guest. 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 Okay, fuck it. Also, secondarily, uh, brother. If we're going to go there, fine. Yeah. Okay. And next. It's not going well. No. I'm Land. Um, I'm here because it's, it's Dan's Bachelor weekend. And, uh, yes. We're podcasting instead of talking to each other like normal people. Yeah, yeah I, I guess we fun... did. We sort of buried the lead on that. I think that's how you use that expression. Um, and then, and then we also have. Oh, I'm, I'm Jamie, and I'm also here. Ooh. Jamie is also here. So this is. So Dan is is our most regular co-host. You know Dan of Alternate Earth, also the voice of both George and yes. I. Right, and of he created our characters. Yep. Um, also, the, uh, the the biggest fan of. Uh, Brandon Lee, the uh, star of The Joker. That's right. Mm -hmm. Brandon Lee is The Joker and the reality that Dan comes from. Land is our second most common co-host on the podcast. (laughs) That's true. And then Jamie, this is his first time as a co-host, but not his last. Hello. We're very excited. Uh, Jamie is, um, would you call yourself a polymath? Um, I'm not sure what that means. Me neither. (laughs) I'm really uh, nervous. I'm just nervous. I'm all of a sudden nervous to have Jamie on the show. Like, I have known you for almost 20 years. I love you. True enough. You are my family. And um, I just think you're one of the most talented people uh, that I've ever met, um, present company included. Um, Oh, motherfucker. (laughs) Fuck you. So well, that's that's very kind of you, George. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's right, suckers. So we have our round table of, yes. of hosts. This is here. such a bad idea. But yeah. I love it so much. This is a, I, I want to clear the air about a few things. Uh, oh, please mainly, do. please that do. We're this all is drunk. A, we're all drunk. <laughs> this is Dan's idea. He wanted what? A, <laughs> no. Oh, man. Okay, fine, fine. It is your bachelor party. It, it, it is, is. It is. It is. is. So this is. So we are fucking party animals. We are a bunch of young dudes. Um, <laughs> I mean, we, we're not young, but we're all still we're stallions. All dudes, and we're all wearing matching t-shirts <laughs> to commemorate Dan's dancer party. True enough. Um, and. So, you know, we're going to get into it. Dan, what are the two party animal movies that we're looking at for your Yeah, you chose these movies. Party. So oh, you oh, introduced oh, oh, them. the movies that, that uh, most define me yeah. as a human being, well, uh, as our good film, mm-hmm. it would be the uh, 1980s classic Ron Howard film, which I believe really, really kickstarted his career as a director, I as agree. a filmmaker. Cocoon. Yes. And, and as the not so not so good, good yeah, there we film. go. Thank you, thank um, you for taking that. Uh, Jesus Christ, what is the other? What's 19, the other? Jeff Kanu's 1986 film. Yes. Wow, I'm drawing a blank. I'm very very. So drunk. we'll just do a. I'll I'll say it then. Tough guys. Tough guys. We just watched that. We tonight. just watched it. Oh we literally God. just like, finished watching like it. Ten it's minutes hard to ago. remember that. It's hard to remember. I thought you saw this a lot of times, Dan. We did. We did. We're okay. Get to it. I did not watch it as a child with vodka tonics. Okay. <laughs> so we, we we only were allowed to have scotch. As right. Kids. Exactly. The one scotch. One beer, one scotch, one, one beer. One bourbon. As a, as a kid, that was the uh, that was your parents' uh, rules. Terrific. Oh God. So well, 
let's introduce let's introduce our first film. There's no reason to yeah. Let's not dick uh, no, no, around. We don't have to. Be plenty of we have, absolutely. So we should at least have some sort of direction that we're also, going all in. All pounding is Dan slamming his drink down. That'll be great for me to, to edit later. So. <laughs> Let's talk about first. We'll introduce Cocoon. I'll introduce it. I wrote a little. I wrote a little opening for it, and then we can just create the chaos of talking about to, Cocoon. To quote Jamie, uh, is it get a grip, let it rip? Sure. Or is it let it rip, get a grip? Um, I mean, are you, are you you're talking about one of the songs one that of I wrote? Your songs, yeah. Um, gosh, now that you are putting it in my face, I I don't remember. But let's go with whatever grip, you said. Let it rip. Get a yes. grip, let it rip. And so here we go. Let's get a grip and let it rip into the film Cocoon. Please Cocoon stop. is a I'll movie. I'll fucking punch you out. <laughs> Cocoon is most well known to virtually everyone uh, for starring Wilford Brimley right after mm. he turned 50, uh, but looked old as shit. Yeah. Like he was 80 or something, which is absolutely true. He looks older than anybody else in this movie, and there are actual 80-year-olds in this movie. And Wilford Brimley looks older and less put together than them. And that's, I don't know, that's not a testament to the man's health. He lived until last year. He yeah. lived to be into his 80s. Right, he, but, he, 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 in essence, saw the what 40th anniversary of this film yeah 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 he was around for a very long time he just looked very old which is kind of, kind of some bullshit yeah but can i interject sure i feel like this is a very great great move on his part made him seem immortal compared yeah. to his uh contemporaries in the movies yes, that's, oh, right. Yeah. that's right that's right that's true he kept that. living he pulled uh sophia from golden girls yes where um, yes the youngest of the cast and then you're like but then the public is like, oh, she's still alive? She's still alive? Wait, like, all everyone else on the show is dead, but like, they're still alive. She was the first one to mm. die. Yeah, good was... point. I don't know if that's true, that Sophia was the first one to die. I think that, uh, gosh. I th- I... Sophia and then B. Arthur and then Rue McClanahan and Betty White still. You may be right. I mean, we don't. But she we was need the, to look she that up. She was right the now. youngest when they went into film. <laughs> that, 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 that she is, was the that youngest. Is, she played the, the oldest person. <clears throat> She's the youngest I, person. Yeah, um, actually, it was uh, Rue McClanahan. I just looked this up. So, but she was she was the second youngest, but Got older it. than right. her daughter you know, on the show. Yeah. Yes. Or, or younger than her daughter because she's younger because you know what I'm saying yeah we know people yeah, get right, it right, people right. Get as, it. as the man said I was so much older than I'm younger than that now but like Brian Dennehy <laughs> is also a star of Cocoon he yes. is three years younger than Wilfred Brimley and he looks like he is 20 years younger mm-hmm. and, I would just like and they to died say... both died last year yeah. at the ah. same time both uh, Brian Dennehy being 80 and Wilfred Brimley being 80, 83 yeah. I think yeah. So this are those is, the last remaining pretty uh, much. cast members of this movie? Or? Nah, Steve Gutenberg. Steve oh, Gutenberg's well, still Goots. around. Of course Goot's around. Yeah. And whoever the like the, the younger aliens. I'm, I'm talking about the female. You're talking about the old people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty, pretty much pretty much, yeah. 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 But I, I will say that Don't like worry. you you mentioned Brian Dennehy. Um we've discussed him before and Yeah, we did uh First Blood and Last of the Finest. Yeah. And Brian Denny is such an amazing actor. Like, there's a scene yeah. like that that when when at the end, I don't want to like jump to the end of the of, of it, yeah. but when he is caressing the alien and knowing that the yeah, alien yeah. is dead, and that just just the emotion in his face, where it's like, holy shit, you are you are having an amazing 
emotional reaction to a puppet. Yeah, a prop. A prop, yeah. exactly. And I was just like, holy fucking shit, Brian Denny. Outside of Broadway, he was not respected enough. I'm just gonna say this. No, no, no. We've talked about this. Uh, I, I agree, Brian Dennehy. He, um... he, he, I believe he won the Tony for uh, uh, Death of a Salesman. Yes. But it's like, uh, dude, that guy needed more. That guy needed more. Yeah. He's, 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 yeah. he's like, he's like, 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 um, Don Goodman. Like Don Goodman needs more recognition. That's some bullshit. Sure. That is some bullshit. Thank you, Lord. thank you for the agreement with the with the loud noise that is wrecking people's ears. Both of us, right we're agreement. <laughs> pile drive, you motherfuckers. As a child, sorry. Yes, this movie mostly appealed to me because it had the guy from the Quaker Oats commercials. Yeah, we oh, yeah. all know Wilford Brimley Ford. That was a big deal for me because during the day when I was watching game shows at home, which is either children home from school or old people, he would be there talking right. about Quaker Oats, and it also had the guy from the Police Academy movies as well. So I wanted to see cocoon because it had these two great figures from my life uh, coming together to do something as a team mm-hmm. uh dan you have your hand raised please please, go, please go in did, yeah. did it feel weird seeing carrie mahoney without larvel jones making sound effects because <laughs> I, I think i think that yeah. i had that feeling when i was i was like okay well mahoney's gonna have some sound I think, effects. No. or there's gonna be like tackleberry or mm. I was a I was a sharp child. I understood yeah. the concept of imaginary worlds, <laughs> so I was able to remove him from that place <laughs> and think of him in a, in a new story. Um, this okay. movie is it's pleasant. It's a good background it's... movie when you're playing with Legos, just to have it on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also critically and commercially successful for whatever reason. Uh, it was the sixth highest grossing film of 1985, uh, making 85 million dollars on a budget of about 16 million. Uh, and it has a 79% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, Rotten Tomatoes did not exist at the time. However, they went back and combed through the reviews of that era and placed them on their website to tell us what the ranking would have been had they existed at the time. Thanks, so, Rotten, thanks Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, thank you so much, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so this movie is, the best thing I can say about this movie is it is pleasant and it is kind of there. It's a good it's a good background movie is what I would say, but that's... I'll get into that more when I talk about the worst scene in this picture. So before I do that, let's turn it to everybody else. What do you think about Cocoon and what is the worst scene in the movie? Who, who wants to go first? I, can, I, 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 I actually have a little bit of trivia. Go for it. Dan, go. So one thing I find that, that that's really fascinating about this is that Don Amici won Best Supporting Actor Academy Award for this film. Right. Now, what's interesting is that, like, generally when somebody wins the, okay, the Academy Award is kind of like the top, 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 right? Yeah. And um, back then there was pretty much the Academy Award, the Golden Globe. Maybe the BAFTAs, not as much. It's not like it is now we have the Academy Award, the BAFTA, the Globe, the SAG, the independent film, Fields, all these other yeah. things. Right. You know, the can, the what TV, what, what, Kids' it, it, Choice Award. Of course, of course. Back then it was there were very, very few. So generally when when somebody gets even a nomination for it, they have been nominated in other categories, especially in the Golden Globes, which is kind of like Hey, we're all drunk. We're going to have a party. Right. I like you. I'm going to give you an award. Don Amici and Cocoon and Supporting Actor, no nominations other than 
Academy Award. Hmm. Absolutely none. That's very odd. You know, it's not. It, it, it it's kind of like you could say like, oh, oh, uh, Kathy Bates in Misery. Yeah, but she got nominated in other other categories. So of course that was like the only awarded one. But like with Cocoon, it wasn't nominated for anything else. So it was it was one of those things where it was kind of like, okay, we're gonna give it to our elders. They they do that a lot, especially with the Academy Awards, like um, Jack Palance with uh, yeah. uh, City Slickers, sure. Or um, you you could even say, um, oh, I can't remember anything. Shit, I, I totally lost. Yeah, it. <laughs> uh, oh god, uh, Titanic. Um, no, 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 no. Well, but well, she didn't win, right? No, she didn't. That, that's the same thing. Is that when it comes to like the uh, actresses, they tend not to win. Like Titanic, right. she didn't win. Ruby D with uh, uh, American Gangster, she yeah. didn't win. A lot of the things, but with 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 the male actors, yeah, yeah. It, so it almost kind of felt like a gimme, and it was very interesting that he didn't win. He didn't even wasn't even nominated for anything else part of this. Um, yeah. Wow, that was. Uh, I'm sorry, I got a little. A little no, it's, it's, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a little emotional. Just, I think that so um, we learned there that the lady who played the Titanic in the movie Titanic yep. was nominated oh, but, but did not win. She played the Titanic. She yeah. played the Titanic. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, holy Lauren smokes. McCall. Lauren McCall is another one. I Lauren McCall she played the Titanic. She, she was a shoo-in. She was a shoo-in for uh, the mirror has two faces. She was a shoo-in for the mirror has did, two faces. She lost to Julie Binoche in uh, English Picture. Had she been a man. She would have won that. Like I think that. What's happening? I'm just telling Dan to not oh, cover yeah. his mouth. Right. Right. Okay. That's, that's good. That's a good eye. Um, that's a good recording eye. Right. Good. 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 Good call. But um, so Donna Misha was. It, it, it almost kind of felt like it was a gimme. But at the same time, if you watch this movie, his fucking performance is amazing. And when you look at the the people he was against, like and his body's tight. To the to the people that he was against that possibly could have taken it was Bill Hickey for Chris's Honor. Oh, also, yeah. And, um, uh, uh, oh god, what's his name for him? Uh, Jagged Edge. Mm, I don't know. The lawyer? Geraldine Ferraro. Exactly. That's Geraldine right. Ferraro. So listen to all these great films from the era that you remember, folks. You remember Jagged Edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Loja. Robert Loja. That's who it was. Oh, Robert Loja. Yep. Bob Loge. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was a great film. Um, a very interesting thing is that uh, Stephen Go- Steve Gutenberg was actually on fire at that time. You know, he had his academy. True. He had he was about to do Three Men and a Little Baby. baby. Um, he took this role with a reduced rate because he loved the script and he wanted to work with Ron Howard. So that was great, and he was actually really, really fact, really, really great. He was he was, he was an excellent uh, partner. Ron Howard was sort of um, this is a weird thing. The two film, three films that Ron Howard made before this were um, Grand Theft Auto. Okay, four films: Grand Theft Auto. And we're not going to count that. That was just a cheapy. But like he did Night Night Shift. Night Shift, where he made Michael Keaton a star. I mean, Michael Keaton came out in that film. When we eventually do that movie, it's uh, Wait, that he, is he came out in that film. Michael Keaton like came out of the the like the stalls like just raring to go. It was, oh, okay. it was it's a full blooded performance. And then he did Splash, which made Tom, uh, Hanks, Tom Hanks a legitimate star. So I can see Steve Gutenberg wanting to sign up. He's like, like, oh, these are all people who were, you know, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of goofier, leading men type. And like, I mean, Ron Howard wasn't exactly a kingmaker at that point. Like, because Tom Hanks still had to work a long time before he became Tom Hanks. Like, of he course, still had, of course. 
six years between Before Splash Philadelphia. Sure. But still, it was a, you know, it's a, a, a good person to bet on. Um, and what, what was great about this is that you had so many great actors. You had Hugh Cronin, who also had oh, yeah. an Oscar nomination. You had Don Amici, never been nominated, and this was his first nomination and win, and no other other festival nominated him. It was just the Oscars. And mm-hmm. then you had Jessica Candy, and she's, right. she's got the Oscars. And there's just so many people who are associated with it. And it was really, really great to see Steve Gutenberg. Like, I, I love watching this. Like, oh, yeah, fucking Steve Gutenberg in the 80s. This is great. The interesting thing was that, like, in this movie, he worked with dolphins. And then later, he also worked with dolphins in the movie Zeus and Roxanne. Mm. Not a high point. Not a high point. What the but fuck? Nobody remembers that. <laughs> nobody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> Did you Steve make that up? Is that from alternate earth? No, Steve Gutenberg, a dolphin this. and a dog. Why, are, Zeus and why the fuck are you doing this to us? Like we have, we are running out of time. <laughs> We've already been recording for three hours. Dolphins and up Steve Gutenberg. Jesus Christ. Zeus and Roxanne. So as we as we record this, what is? Thanks for joining us. I will. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm just, Can we just uh, start over again? No. I, want, I need to know what is Zeus and Roxanne. Zeus and Roxanne oh, is like no. it, it was like it's like a knockoff of Free Willy, except with okay. a dolphin it's, and a dog. It's okay. Steve yeah, it's like oh. it's like Free Willy meets Homeward Bound. What's there? Yes. So God, I want to kill myself. <laughs> I want you to kill yourself too. Oh, terrific. So with a dog, does the dog have like a boat? How I do don't they know get around? Neither of us ever fucking seen this. Let's just move on. Let's move yeah. on. Let's move on. So I will, as we come into the halfway point of mm. the podcast, I would oh, predict God. that this won't go. This we won't run this episode like this. That we should maybe <laughs> no, 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 no. just like we should just keep recording. But we should probably plan to maybe take Tuesday when we would normally meet and just record know, an episode. I like it. I like no. it. I no 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 fuck that. Well, <laughs> Jamie, what's your worst scene for 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 Cocoon? For Cocoon, uh, I mean, I hated it. I, I, I think it's wow. terrible. I, Whoa! Um, oh yeah, this is where we should get to. Okay. Wait, 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 wait! You didn't feel that there's any like, yeah. sentimental? No. So, um, I, I remember watching it when it came out, probably on VHS. Um, I didn't see it in the theater, mm. but I, I do remember seeing it on VHS, and then um, I watched it last night for this, um, for the podcast. And uh, that was only the second time that I've watched it, and I, I just, I, I like I told uh, Richard and George earlier when we were on our way over here that um, I just don't have space in my life anymore for that kind of formulaic bullshit. Okay. Like it's uh, okay. Uh, as soon as the movie was over, I was I said out loud to nobody at all. I said, uh, Ron Howard Spielberg much. <laughs> and yeah. I, I just I, like Spielberg stuff, the Ron Howard stuff, all of that bullshit. Like I just don't, I don't, I don't care about that kind of stuff anymore, and I, I kind of hate it. Um, and I, it's just basically uh, Cocoon is ET with old people. So yeah, I mean uh, that's fuck, that's fuck that, that's fuck that right. movie. I, I don't like I, I, I. Did not enjoy watching it. So, what is your is absolute there, is there, worst, is there one scene? worst scene? Okay, so uh, the part that there's a lot that I oh, could man. I could pick apart with this, but the part that really bugged me was when Steve Gutenberg is staring through. Ah, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's um, staring through like a little pulling, plug, pulling plug hole. This is my at, too. Uh, What is it, Natasha Kinski or who? Who, who, who the fuck is that woman? Natasha Kinski, yeah, yeah, but, it's not, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know who. That, I meant to look it up on IMDb, but I didn't. She's, I she never strips did. down out of her. So she skin. strips down, and then she ends up being an alien. But right. it, it turns the whole thing into Porky's. Yeah, it's like what the fuck, man. This is, well, this is why this is. Now I have to think of a new thing for my part. No, that's exactly no, no, what I was no, going to say. With no. each other, so so let's not talk about this thing. If my no, look at my notes, what is this? Porky's over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's I great. Felt, I felt like it cheapened the whole thing. It it. I sure. just like, you know, like he's some sort of like teenager who's got a boner for this girl, and like he mm-hmm. just like is going to stare through a hole in his. In his own goddamn boat, he, he, he could have he could have found a better way to discover that this human being was well, an alien, and instead they did like peeping tom shit. And he know. only he only got interested in her when uh, she gave him a foot massage. Yeah, that was really and weird. When you randomly broke his foot, I'm like what the fuck? No, yeah, you didn't. You fucking. It seems so dumb to me, and like uh, especially peeping through the hole se- seemed to cheapen the whole thing. So that's I like that's my yeah. worst scene. So actually, and, and after and additionally, after he realizes she is a alien, a light being made of light with yeah. like a weird skin suit. I think it's cool. He, he continues to like be into her and be like, you know, continue the relationship. There, basically. There, there's a thing right after that that I fucking love. And that's where Brian Dennehy like goes, ooh, because he notices that her skin is wrinkled. Like oh, she has God. A skin yeah. On, like the like ears are, yeah. He likes, I love that. I, I, I love that moment. Hmm. That's that's a that's not you know you don't have anything that cool in ET. That's all I'm gonna say right now. Uh, I've got I've got a I've got a bad scene in the in the movie as well. Lay it out. What, what's your worst scene? Okay. So there's a scene where like obviously Steve Gutenberg and Kitty, I believe her her name. Yes. Is, mm-hmm. They are really hot for her. Kitty. Gosh. And Lord. he wants to he wants to get down with his girl, and she's like, well, we can't do it the is way you the pool thing. Fucking cool thing, Jamie. You know yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. And she's like, he's like, I will show you what the Antarians, Antarians, yeah, Antarians, right? yeah. Antarians can do. And she kind of like sends her essence to him. Mm-hmm. But then it becomes like this spiraling slime ball. And do, 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 do. it's like this like fucking cartoonish, this cartoonish music that, that shows up and like. The fucking her her her, her right. spirit her soul ricochets all yeah. around like uh, that's how y'all fuck really it's just, it's like well okay you stand over there I'm gonna ricochet this shit like a highlight ball over to you and it's just, and, and then it hits him he's like I okay, okay maybe I'm I'm not saying exactly what he says but it almost kind of sounds like he's like damn I can get used to this yeah it's something just, like that right and it's just yeah. kind of like would have been great if she had just been like here's my soul. Here's my essence. Mm-hmm. You're feeling this. We are connecting to this. Your spirit, your mind, your brain is all connected to me, and that's what we do. But it's like, no. It's like a fucking yeah. Looney so, Tunes Acme fucking it, thing. It feels like it was played up for for dramatization. Because they like, had ILM yeah. well, starting up there. And then it was like, oh, well, is that what did you guys do? Yeah, the the uh, I want to talk about the special effects, which are kind of 
great, but also yeah. very like obviously green screeny like throughout. A, Some of the a green of screeny stuff doesn't survive very well on yeah, video. Yeah. But I like really dug it. I really like especially looking because at it. In, in the credits it says like creature effects by Greg Canham. Yeah, yeah. Creature effects supervisor Rick Baker. Oh my God, I, those are my two. That that's like God and Jesus right there for me. I really love the light creatures. There's just oh, yeah, about so them that's, just, that's so sort wonderful. of weird and like kind of wrinkly and. Uh, but they don't have spirally slime balls ricocheting all around. A fucking yeah, room. but. They're like they're like ETs that are down to clown. <laughs> they were so down to clown. Damn right. They like uh, every robe they could wear. They wore they it. Take that robe off. They floated. They they just they invited a few old people over to their pool, yep. and they were cool with them yep. for a while. Oh, uh, hold up! I'm gonna drop this. I'm gonna drop this skin to this bin. <laughs> yeah, literally. Should. Yeah, they did literally. have a storage place for the skin, <laughs> which is pretty cool. That's definitely a weird. He's <laughs> fucking. Kune, motherfuckers. That's one of the alternate titles of the movie. Uh, Drop the skin in the spin. And uh, I also thought you wrote that check from your notes. I also I wrote another alternate title for Cocoon, which oh, was um, swimming, uh, swimming Pool Sneakers. Mm. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, that's, a good, that's a great title. Here's a swim bow legged women would probably be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What else you got? Um, Wait, well, you got a lot of notes. I don't know what else I have. Uh, okay, I, I, I would just like to say, I, 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 watching it again, um, the character Bernie oh, broke oh. my fucking heart okay. into pieces. Say what you okay, like why? Let's let's talk about why. Okay. Why Bernie broke your heart? Because here, here's the thing: is that I feel like that he was the essence of everybody. It was like, holy shit, we've got this idea. We can live forever and he was just kind of like what are the repercussions of it he lost his wife and it was just like hume cronin says this oh my god and okay i'm i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm drunk and i'm about to get married in the fucking month and there's a there's an aspect of it that gets me hume cronin says to his to to jessica tandy he says uh um i'd rather spend six months with you than an eternity without you, in essence, right? Yes. So and it, it it feels like with with Bernie, when he lost his wife, he was just like, "I want us to be the best we can be as human beings." And like when she died, he was fucking so trying to get her. To... All right, I think I think it's I think it's absolute fucking bullshit. I mean, I mean, I love you, Dan. I love. I'm saying he is the essence of this story. I think he's the essence of okay, the story. Okay, okay. So I Bernie's Bernie is the essence of the story. I understand that, but I feel like I feel like the whole fucking movie is manipulative bullshit. Okay, granted, 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 granted. But I think it that, works. But I think that Bernie is the closest to the everyman than any other character in this movie. That's okay. what I'm saying. Okay. Like I will, I would take Bernie's story over Amici's story in a fucking heart. I think that we would all identify more with Bernie. Or even like like I would say Human Chronic can go fuck himself over Ooh. Bernie. Also, it's so weird that Don Amici was the one who got the Oscar nomination and it wasn't Hume Cronin or uh, incredible 50-year-old actor. Uh, Wolf you know. Grimley, yeah. Yeah, to transform <laughs> himself into such an old man. Yeah. The guy who was still not eligible for the So there's a lot of them. There's a lot of emotional but Jamie, stuff I, on I, the table But, Jamie, I totally here. agree with you with, on that. There was, it, was, it, it was manipulative. It was pandering. 
Yes. Yeah. This it is was. This it is, was. This but is Ron Howard Spielberg. It was one of the things where it's panning in a way that you needed it to be. Okay, okay, okay. I understand where you're coming from in terms of a storytelling point of view. But at the same time, like, I feel like we uh, we have seen way... I mean, like... It's, the, okay. it's been done better. It's been at, done at, better. At this point, we've seen that way too many times. And Especially when you start with everyone being old and elderly and they're on their way sure. out. It's like, well, fucking, of course, oh, it's going to be tug of the heartstrings. I say it doesn't that, matter how old they are. because they. I mean, like, Spielberg did the same exact damn thing in in et is just sure. like uh, I, I feel like this movie is the halfway point between et and john carpenter's starman which is a, yes. a great humanist science fiction movie um this movie is actually really beautifully filmed uh, i want to say we haven't talked about that yet it's really well photographed i think there's like a lot of great stuff with sunsets where it's like well Maybe we could all, all of us people at this table, could like go to a retirement home in Florida. Just to appreciate, this. like, yeah, just, just appreciate the and then the break dance. Day. We can just all get and break, break dance. <laughs> but I really appreciate what you're saying, Jamie. And I'm like, yes, it is pandering, and I will say it is pandering in a good way. Sure, but I mean. Spielberg's got a whole career on Pandora. Jesus fucking Christ. Am I wrong? Yeah, I, I guess that's what I'm, I'm, I'm going from, like what I said at the beginning of this, is that I just don't have have space in my life for this kind of like hackneyed, you, you've done this all before, and like it's, I've seen, I've, you've, you're pulling at your heartstrings, mm-hmm. it's just fucking bullshit, man. And, and, like, and, and, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to see the same story rehashed over and over again. Where like you um, introduce some characters and you, you pull at your heartstrings, whatever, and the, yeah, and it, fuck it, it off. It also goes with the idea of nominating and awarding Don Amici at the Oscar. It's kind of like, hey, you did a good job. Well, it's the same thing with like. I mean, I don't blame the actors. I mean, no, the, no, no, the actors course, did, course, but I mean, did it's, fucking it's, fantastic. It's great. the same thing with like John Gielgud, who won Best Supporting Actor for Arthur, Arthur yeah. his first yeah. fucking award ever. All the Shakespearean yeah. roles he played. Yeah. No, he won an Oscar for being Dudley Moore's. Well, that's what I mean. That's that's what the public cares yeah. about, or, or even I like mean, like, I mean, like does the, does like, the public really like, care about like John Gilgood doing Shakespeare? Yeah, they don't. Right. They don't care about that part. They care about What's his. The, I mean, why do I care about somebody doing Shakespeare? Some people have been doing Shakespeare since like fifteen hundred. A long time. All I hear about is like, oh, Hollywood needs to do something new. Fucking yeah. no. Fucking Dudley Moore movie. That shit's new. That is. Yeah, that's that fucking is. new. That's, that's not that's, fucking. Oh, uh, did Shakespeare again? Dudley like, Moore no. is the the TikTok of Shakespeare. That's, right, that's right. exactly right. <laughs> Dudley Moore's out here getting it done. I, I keep looking I was, around. Like I just want to let everyone who's who's listening to this. Uh, no one will ever hear I, this I, except I, for the I, five I, of us. <laughs> the I, would like, I would just like to interject and say, like, can Land please shut the fuck up so we can move on? Land's breathing his nose. He did nothing at all. I will. I, I will tell get, you. I need to get another beer. But you okay, go, we can go ahead. I'll be right back. Okay. Break, break time. We'll yeah. take a break. And let's. We can take a break in, right. in a minute. Land's leaving. We'll break time. But Land is left. Did you one too? Please. Yeah. Thank you. Did, all right. So you said this. His, uh, I'll say my worst scene. Yeah. Um, say your worst this scene. Is, this George. is going to be a bonus episode. This is not. Gonna this be, is going to be. This is a uh, lost episode. No, come on, man. What? I was just saying. I really appreciate what the fuck he says. Jamie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, we have somebody who has a fucking brain. I think that we could we could make this work as an episode. It'll just be like a bit, a lot of chaos. Oh yeah, of course, chaos. But I would say that my pick um, is when the old people are um, 
smashing the uh, boulders, uh, the, the cocoons. Okay, I was wondering about that because I was like, why are they fucking trying to crack that? I was like, oh, right, they probably thought that there was, like, life in that in the yolk of the egg. I, I, it just, that, that whole scene doesn't read. Huh. It doesn't one make one any scene, sense. It's just like, why all of a sudden, that? The power, they're power mad, and they're, like, fucking out of control. It, 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 yeah, exactly. But exactly. I want to say, there's, there's a, actually a very important thing to say, and, like, this is something that, through uh, our friend's podcast, um, Eating After Midnight, um, this film has no F-bombs. There's no, uh, there's no gay panic. There's no racism. Um, there's no people of other races. So. Uh, there's a, there's a, no, there's, there's a black guy. Yeah, there's the one older guy who's, who's like, what's, sort what's, of what's, like what's the, what's the front of you? He says, what's the front of you? All right. Look, uh, <laughs> But I mean, I think that like that that is one positive thing about this film that our, our second feature um, can't claim to have. Um, That's true. But there's yeah, there's no f bombs. There's no second Jesus Christ, Dan, George. <laughs> so my pick, as I've said, is um, the oldsters uh, trying to crack them uh, cocoons. <laughs> That's and your least. I mean, yeah, because it doesn't make sense. Why are they fucking all power mad? Like. Oh, I got in this pool five minutes ago. Now I want to crack this shit up. Because uh, they're, so they're energized. They don't know. They don't know what no, they do. No. Well, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if that's, yeah. if that's where they go, all those people should just die. There's okay. there's a lot of, of bullshit in, in Cocoon. And there's a lot of shit that, <laughs> that I really did not like. And and um, all all of the old people rushing to the the swimming pool was one of the things that I just I, I did not like it, it's like you can find the fountain of youth and it's like a lot of people that I know who have reached the age of like 70 or 80 are like cool with the fact that they're 70 or 80 like I, I mean like yeah I mean is that really a thing where like a bunch of people in a, a retirement community would would rush to yeah. um, to to go to uh, a pool where there's like some fucking shit in the water and like if if they're gonna go to the if they're gonna rush to this fountain of youth aren't they gonna think ahead a little bit about right. why no. there is a fountain of youth and maybe these fucking uh, crustacean encrusted things that are in the water might be part of what is allowing them to have the fountain yeah. of youth and so like. It's just like that. You're right, George. Um, what I'm saying. That's what the like the long, the long version is that it's like that whole sequence of like everybody rushing to the the swimming pool is yeah, really stupid. I get them rushing, but that whole thing from them when they're like fucking trying to crack those things open. That's just it's just yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Dumb. And um, I like I like Land's take on it that there might be sure. a yoke. In the egg, right, right, right. Well, right, right. on it, man. Yeah, that was that was Dan. Just, oh, was it Dan? I'm I sorry. I also want to say that, uh, just despite what anyone has to say, <laughs> Cocoon is uh, nine thousand times better than Steven Spielberg's "Kick the Can" segment from Twilight's on the movie. Yeah, wow. uh, it is just a superior film. And to a segment from Twilight Zone, a film that, that very few people like, uh, and no, no, nobody died in the. Uh, of, uh, what happens in Kick the Can for someone uh, that would be just, uninitiated? Uh, some people in a retirement home uh, and they, they, they like, kick the can with Scatman Crothers. And, and they become children again. Yeah. They become it's, children. It's, it's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a one-to-one remake from a, a Twilight Zone episode. Okay. The Twilight Zone episode being called 
kick the can. Oh. So what anybody needs to do to make a hit movie is basically look at an old Twilight Zone episode and then Pretty recreate much. it with the, like maybe different characters or something. Well, except for the case of Twilight Zone the movie, which was uh, not loved, or I don't think it made. Anyway, that's a different episode. Actually, that we'll, we'll probably do that. Um, I can see us doing that versus like Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, which is a terrific. Or movie. Tales from the Dark Side of the Movie. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So <laughs> let me get my worst scene and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll move on. All right. Richard So there's, there's plenty of worst scenes. I tend to agree with Jamie about, about this movie, though I do love Spielbergian yep. uh, uh, crap. I I don't think this movie does a very good job of presenting any of it. I, I don't like it at all. Whoa. I don't enjoy... I'd like to see Steve Gutenberg out there having fun. I like to see the Goot have a good time. He seems like he's relaxed. He's uh, kicking back. He's feeling good. That's great. Otherwise, this movie, I'll tell you my worst scene, because any of a lot of them could be my worst scene. But my worst right. scene is just something that hits me pretty early on, and it's when the Wilford Brindley uh, grabs his dick and says that he's hard. Oh, sure. And then he's <laughs> like, you're hard, too. Like, don't, 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 uh, don't, what's happening? What is going on? For a snack. Oh, for a get snack. a snack, get a snack. Um, you want some chicken? No, fuck off. Like, don't, don't ambush me with right. Wilford Brimley's hard dick. Well, if I want to see that or hear about it, I'll Google it. Okay, so I don't, don't. I, I, I get why that that's there. You're sure. showing that they're now youthful again, and the best way you can do that is that their dicks get hard now, and that's great. Thank you for this like children's movie that you're telling me about how this guy's dick is yep. fucking hard, yeah. and how everybody else's dick is hard now. That's great. I really appreciate it. I just don't. I don't want to see Wolfram Brimley grab his dick and say my oh, dick no. is hard now. Is your dick hard now too? I don't need that. That's so. That's my. That's my worst. Thing. That's cool. All right. So my question. Uh, to you, Richard, uh, as as a director, you you have directed films before. Um, how would you have approached that scene differently to to show that these men ha have? Um, he would say, no, "My oh, pee pee's big again." Is what he would say. It would just be an extreme, extreme close up. The guy uh, whipping it out. No, no uh, go ahead, James. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I mean, like, I just wanted to finish my thought in in terms of like how how would you approach that as a director in terms of uh, showing that these guys had uh, a renewed virility. I just wouldn't make this movie. Mm. That, would be, that would be my, huh. my okay. Uh, okay. My let's, answer let's, again is extreme close of a boner. Let's let's back it up a little bit. A yeah. What spinning. if it was your assignment <laughs> to show that these older actors had a renewed virility? I think that's great. We could still have it be sexual. You could just cut out the part where they're walking with each other and asking, "Oh, you're hard too. I'm also hard." We could just show them go back to the women that they're with and want to mm. fuck them. Sure. And surprise yeah, them sure, like, oh sure. my god, you haven't done this. Sort of this like is what, exciting. What, what's what's, what's what happens there. after that scene? We yeah. just cut that scene yeah. out. I don't need yeah. to hear them say say that. I mean, that's uh, fine. They can't all just like have flowers. Like the one guy where he gets on one knee, he's like, I've got flowers. That's Let's like fuck. That's like their first idea of having an old person show his horniness. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing a tuxedo. I got flowers. That's more creative than saying <laughs> I'm hard. I didn't know that you were hard too. 
Like Ew. they live. That is the literal dialogue. I am it hard. Is, you are actually, also hard. Yeah, it's weird. I blocked that part out. We, I don't remember we, that. We've all been friends for a long time, and uh, I don't think we've ever had that bit of dialogue. Like, oh, I'm <laughs> I also guess, hard. I mean, maybe it was. Supposed, let's, let's I mean, get together and fuck a big dick. My my take on that was that <laughs> it was supposed off. to be just a bit of um, <laughs> I know of guy talk, and like it. it yeah, I, I agree with you in that it's totally yes. awkward. Um, and I don't necessarily relish the scene of them talking about their hard-ons, but um, that maybe it was just supposed to be a time when, like, the, the it's like locker room talk, you know, among the yeah, I get why, I get why the older guys. Made. I'm just, knows, but... just to just explain my distaste yeah, for the Quaker yeah, Oats yeah. man telling me his dick is hard. <laughs> I, that's, sure. that's what I'm displaying. I understand yeah. the, the, the point of the scene. It's probably one of the the scenes with a point in the movie like that was it's Literally. like a, it's, it's, it's actually leading towards something <laughs> right absolutely i just don't want i just don't want to hear it yeah i i agree with you uh, uh, that it is a very awkward scene and it, I, it could have been done better boy um uh all right so you've gone everyone else is sort of gone no wait I, lance I, oh, time for land to go, go. Land. it's time it's for me to land do my time to shine. Land to shine one two three and to the four Lancer's back, and he's going to say some more. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> it's great to be here on Worst Scene, Best Scene. Uh, my second worst scene... Was all that Ooh. stuff in your notes? <laughs> <laughs> Everything you just said was written down. This is what... This helps me remember what happened in the movie, as I don't have a great memory for these, these old movies that we love to watch here. Um, oh my god. Oh my fucking god. My second worst scene. Oh lord. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do a new type of format where I start with No, no, not we, my, yeah, not yeah. the worst, but I have I mean, the we, second no, second no, worst we, we, scene. We list it all the time. We do like three, four, something. No, okay. I, I fuck around a lot. Fuck off. Listen, everybody gets to fill up their time. I was watched I know the format. Everybody gets a little chance I to get high their, school to fill up their time. Oh, fucking hell. My my second worst scene would be any scene with Wilford Brimley's chest hair, which oh, goes up, well, it goes, it goes up it goes so high, high yeah. it's like it's like a beard, it's like a neck beard. Chest hair becomes a neck beard. Hmm. Okay, like, that was uh, my first beard too. Okay, that was my first point. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now Jamie took took my worst scene. I didn't take it. You, you took can it. agree. You can have you the can same no, worst scene. It's okay. That's what that's no. one of the points of the podcast. <laughs> You didn't discuss it beforehand. Now you're like, oh, we have the same worst scene. And that's, but it's, that's part of it's it. It's the correct worst scene. There you go. There you go. But I will, as my worst scene, I will take when uh, the boy hops onto the boat sure. at the end. Um, by the way, I like this movie. I didn't, hey, I didn't hate it. Hey, up top. <laughs> like, I saw, I saw this Good movie. Good for you, too. I saw this movie when I was but a boy. Yes. I was like 10 years old. I remember it being very boring because old people were in it, but then being like very scary. I was very scared by much of it. It's a, uh, it's a right. scary movie. I've got a glowing. If you're 10. If you're 10. It's it's a weird ass movie. We got that it's, like yeah, shrunken it's... dead E.T. looking guy. That's, anyway, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff to take in. If you're 10. If you're 10. Okay. Yes. I don't know. Continue. I truly, truly hate yeah, this movie. Okay. I really do. <laughs> okay, we'll Dan. get to it. We're going to get to it. Okay. Stay, we're going to go. Stay with me, Dan. Stay with me for stay a minute. Stay with us till the break. Yeah, we're yeah. going to take a break, and then we're going to walk around. All right. All right. All right. All right. My worst scene. Can stop. I'm, I'm fascinated Shaw by what Land has to say. I really want to hear what Land has to say. 
but we're seeing is just the the whole thing at the end with the boy jumping on the ship, then jumping to the ocean yeah. afterward. It was like, what the fuck is going on it here? Was, it was like, oh, this is some leftover drama from the end of Splash, where like the Coast Guard is chasing yeah, yeah. them. Like, uh, yeah, that's some bullshit. That was some. There bullshit. you go. Yeah, I, I I understand you. And there's like a for me, like if I was to pick a second worst scene, uh, it would be dropping the pods back in the ocean. Oh, like yeah. they did this whole no, thing. Dog. Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm with, I'm with you. I'm with it you. was like a bird. Like, 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 okay. Wait, hey, we, we, we energized the water. Now the energized water is dead. We can't do anything with these things. Like, what? So you had a fucking month to do all this shit? You couldn't have, like, re-energized the water? You couldn't have, like, dropped them back into the ocean? Like, we don't know what the fuck to do. We, 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 we've kept them in the ocean for 10,000 years. And now do we put them back? It's like, yeah, you fucking put them back. Right. Okay, so so wait, 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 wait. Yeah. This like what occurred to me at that point in the movie is that it's a human's rationalization for putting themselves first okay. above anybody else. It's like they're, they're, these beings have been here for thousands of years, and like the 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 origin species has, has come back to earth to draw these people out yeah. for finally. And then the humans jump in the fucking pool and drain all their life energy. Right. right and right, then yeah. they're like, Oh, we can just put them back in the ocean. But they it's not a big problem. They, they were in the ocean for so long and now we can put them back in the ocean again. It's like, it's, it's a human's rationalization for putting themselves first. And it's fucking stupid as fuck to like say, Oh, Oh, you know, here's the whole like crux of this movie is that these aliens are going to provide life to humans. And it happens like 40 minutes into the movie. Right. Yeah. And then, oh, but like you drained all the life out of these people. So we're going to put them back in the ocean for another 10,000 years. It's like, what the fuck? Like, humans are fucking trash. Well, I mean, they they just drain the life out of these aliens. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to, oh. We're just—they're drained, we but we're just going to put them back in the ocean right. for another ten thousand years. And why would they take thirty of them to be immortals like them? I thought like he'd be that like, doesn't make sense either. He'd be like, it's you like, just like killed all—you just killed all my friends. All right, I'm going to help you guys out. You want to be immortal? Come on, my shit. These right. are the secrets that Ron Howard never <laughs> wanted you to hear. Yeah, he right. never wanted right. anybody to dig this. Now, I, I think <laughs> the most important thing to do right now is ask everyone a very important question. Said important twice in the same sentence, and I apologize. Oh boy, Did I say apologize. Pro- apologize. Oh god, that's just not take, good. Just take and, I, and like, I'm not the drunk one. Just table. take the whole sentence Ooh. over. Okay. Okay. Um, if you were invited to go on the alien ship and like go up to space and never age and just be a teacher, but you'll never see the family or friends who don't go up on the ship with you, would you go right now? Wow. Yeah. What a question. So, like, if I was 70 or 80, what the fuck? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm like, I, like, I'll, I'll handle that. But right now. Oh, right all, now? Yeah. Right now, we're all roughly the same age. We're so, I, I have to, I have to um, invoke my wife in this conversation. Uh, well, let's, yes. This yeah, is yeah. like, we're going to go cocoon style where we are with our. Significant others. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. Oh, okay. I have. I watched the end of the movie last night. Like Kristen did not watch the beginning part, but she did watch the end part with me last night. 
And her takeaway from this, <clears throat> you know, if she was here, she would definitely uh, voice this aspect of, of watching the movie, is that um, it, when she originally saw the movie, she felt like, oh man, that's so sad that all of these old people are going to space and they'll never, you know, it's great that they'll right. never age, but they're leaving all these people that they love behind. But now, at her, at her age, at the time that we are in our life, in the world that we live in, she'd be like, fuck this bullshit, I am out of here. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree with her. I, I would, like, this, this place is fucked, and this place is going downhill fast. Yeah. So I would yeah. be on that shit in a heartbeat. Indeed. So I, I just have to, I, I mean, I, I agree with my wife in that, like, I would just get, like, get on that thing and be out of here. Mm. Yeah. What if, what if your wife couldn't come? Uh, if, if she couldn't go, yeah. but I could, yeah. um, I think we would high five each other and give each other a big hug and be like, all right, out. Oh shit. I would stay if, I, if it was like one or the other, I would stay. And I mean, I like, what the hell? I was going for this. That's a trick. So, I, but I, I don't know. Like, if, if it was, I, I feel like we're, we're, we're all old enough and we're, we're just getting older that I don't know what I would be abandoning. I feel like we would all be in the same retirement community, uh, everyone at this table. I think I mentioned this before. So, if we were all invited, it would be all of us there on the boat. So I'm not really leaving a ton of people behind. So yeah, I, I don't have a if, huge. If I could bring Nisha, then I would go. I don't Otherwise, have a huge social circle at this point, and and it would be it would it would pain me a lot to to leave Kristen behind. But I think she and I would probably discuss it amongst ourselves. And if she wanted to go and live forever, I would I would totally support that. Sure. And um, I, w I would not be stoked about going and, and living forever myself. But, like, I think that if it came down to, like, one of us living forever, sure. um, that, that we would both have a, an understanding about that kind of thing. Cool. Well, big pause. Big that, pause. That was incredible. This was a heavy question to ask. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. On that I note. mean, I think that's, I, I, that's, that's where it really gets interesting is yeah. like, when you, you bring it down to a personal level, like, would you do this? Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. So I feel like we're not going to record the second episode, second part of this episode. So on that note, let's go to, let's go to our, <laughs> should we take a break? Ads. I'm actually about the, I'm, I'm very, very tired. Okay. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back from the break. You're going to notice a few things that are different. <laughs> back. Uh, first, I know every time we do the, the break that I do a little joke where I say, for you, it's been a few minutes, but for us, it's been hours. And usually that's not true. For us, it's just been a few minutes, too. But this time, it's actually been days since we were recording <laughs> the first part of this episode. And we've uh -huh. gone from being live and in person around a table in Los Angeles, very drunk, to, I also live because everything we're doing is happening live. This is not like a pre-recorded recording that I'm playing back mm -hmm. into my microphone. This is also live, but we are now on Zoom uh, talking three days later uh, about our next film in today's episode. And uh, for that, 
We also have another person who has joined us who we will introduce as we go, or we'll introduce right now. We have our yeah. the we have the five of us who were here earlier, and now another person has driven up into the episode. He is literally in his car. Uh, introduce yourself, uh, guest host. Hi, my name is Aaron. Um, this is actually, of course, Dan um, doing a voice of Aaron. Um, I'm a I'm a character that he's developed, um, and I'm I'm a a sad, angry writer who is sad and angry about things. So, and you'll hear that when I talk about when we talk about the next movie, because it made me very, very angry. So, <laughs> much like uh, much <laughs> like every every character on this podcast, yeah. Aaron is uh, c- created by and voiced by Dan Sukara. Yeah. Not this Dan yeah. though; it's a Dan from a from a, another Earth. This Dan is a character. Yeah. Uh, also, that's been the darkest time the original yes. Dan. Yes. So, at any rate, if you're not familiar with the the, the lore, please check our uh, the um, the worst scene we, Wikipedia. The worst scene we do. Wikipedia. We, we apparently we do have one now. So, um, uh, do we have Aaron to thank for this? You do. Yeah. Um, I was listening to one of your episodes, and I was like, "Well, I, I might as well do this too." So I made that up, and um, well. And, so that it could, there's nothing on it yet. So if anybody wants yeah. to add anything, it's it's there for the yeah. for the editing. I want to say before we get to the next movie, um, we've all given our best scene of, or our worst scene from Cocoon. Aaron, do you have a worst scene from Cocoon? Um, not at this time. I'll, I'll wait until we talk about the the uh, until the, the end of it to to, to say what I was going to think about that. Okay. Okay. That's that's fine. Um, well, I guess we should uh, get into it. We're gonna I'm gonna do a little intro for our next movie. Great. Oh, here we go. The '80s proved that old was new. Audiences were going gaga over the geriatric set. A doddering, bloodthirsty septuagenarian film star was in the White House. Don Amici had returned to the silver screen after a 13-year hiatus, eventually winning his first Oscar at the age of 77. While there had been some oldster fare at the top of the box office early in the 80s, most notably the Oscar-snubbed critical darling Oh God, You Devil and the lesser-liked On Golden Pond, Cocoon was the catalyst for this new old wave. On TV, the Golden Girls reigned supreme. In the theater, we had 18 again, batteries not included, which reunited real-life Cocoon couple Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin and, most importantly, Tough Guys. Directed by Jeff Kanu, hot off the successes of Revenge of the Nerds and Gotcha, wherein it was proved that nerds and outsiders could get laid, Tough Guys would also mark the seventh and final pairing of Hollywood legends Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas, not counting Carl Reiner and Steve Martin's underrated noir mixtape Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. The film was neither loved or reviled by critics. It was a modest success at the box office, ultimately making back its budget in its initial, <clears throat> in its initial theatrical run. Tough Guys would go on to be a mainstay of cable and video stores for the next few years. Uh, Dan and I saw this on video as kids, and I've been a fan. I think you've also been a fan uh, ever since then. So um, let's get into it, everybody. What is uh, the best scene in Tough Guys? Uh, Who wants to go first? I think Lance says he does. I was trying to use body language to show I wanted to go least first least well, I, was, first. I wasn't even looking at the screen i was just saying land's gonna go first 
um i'm supposed to remember this movie we watched at your your bachelor uh party weekend while we were uh, completely shit house and it was hard I mean, to pay attention because dan kept fucking talking to you through the whole goddamn movie yeah the you movie that he wanted us all to watch yeah, what the fuck are you George talking Jamie about all paid attention and you two were over just talking yeah. the whole time we're, and... we're having a good time though we're having a good time but i know who's my best friend in this in this team well, but now you're both uh, you're hosed, Land. Look what your boy did to you. He hosed you. Now you, you don't well, know I what didn't hose him at all. About. You fucking hosed him for me. I'm hosed. Listen, I know what my best scene is in this movie. I was I was just kidding around. Yeah. The best scene is clearly the only scene I remember, which is when they were, <laughs> were trying on various 80s outfits in a musical montage. And also, this movie was this is this is a fun movie. There's like two old guys and they steal a train or something. I don't remember much from it. That's right. That's what they do. <laughs> you remember enough. You, you, got the, you got the primary gist of it. I mean, I, I mean, that's pretty much the pitch when they when they pitch it to the studios. I don't know. It's about like two old guys. They tr- steal a train or something. But yeah, very, uh, very 80s, um, especially that uh, changing room scene. Back to you. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's on deck? Who wants to go? Show hands. Wow, nobody does. Oh. I'll go as okay. a as a permanent host of the show. Um, I'll I'll show how it's done. So oh. my my first, did you know this is the eighth film from Touchstone Pictures? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Think about that. Mm. How many other films have they had since then? Does anybody know? Uh, they disbanded Touchstone six, no, 20? Seven. Seven. Jamie says seven. If you're listening at home, as always, say your own answer into your microphone, then we'll hear it. And if mm-hmm. you get the exact number right, we'll send you a prize. So go ahead, take yep. a moment. Six. Oh, that's uh, one of our listeners broke through, and we could actually hear, hear them on <laughs> the podcast, uh, which is uh, pretty incredible. So the this movie it's it's pleasant this is a pleasant movie i probably like it more than i like cocoon uh, wow. which i was That's sober when statement. i watched cocoon and i was drunk when i watched tough guys but cocoon as charming as all of its characters and actors are it lacks burt lancaster and kirk mm. douglas uh, two very charming likable and and very good looking old men i often say uh, on the podcast, that I am a Clydesdale of a man, uh, a real, <laughs> a real mm-hmm. stallion, uh, even at my advanced age. Now these, that's, you know, that's that's probably not true. These two men, now these are Clydesdales. These, yeah. these guys, beautiful, strong, yeah, funny, charismatic, mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would let Burr Lancaster pull my beer wagon any day of the week. Absolutely. <laughs> Do not disagree with that. I don't want to know what that means. Look it up, sucker. Yep. Fuck you. <laughs> I will not. Look it up on the worst scene Wikipedia where it's explained. We're, we're effectively at the level of hostility we were Friday night in Hollywood. Yeah, so. I, know. Like, yeah. I feel like we are at a, the nothing has changed. I've, <laughs> I've never seen so many unhappy faces looking back at me on a Zoom call. <laughs> so, wow. I, that's, that's on a Zoom call. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, look at this up. The first post I see is 
it takes a certain type of Clydesdale to pull a beer wagon. And yeah. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> yeah. So Richard's saying there's like a lot of unhappy faces and he should know. I mean, he is a virtual mortician. So like, that's really saying something. <laughs> and that is right. That's how I make my money during the day. Yeah, yeah. fucking VR funerals. It's the wave of the future. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's my it's my new king. <laughs> that's that's how we met. So back to to my best scene. Since there's so many of us here today, I won't linger any longer. And I will say my best scene is is obviously the scene that Land also said, <laughs> which we often agree on the best scene anytime Land is on the show. Uh, so my best scene is when when Kirk Douglas is trying on the '80s clothes at the '80s store, and there's a like a TV, there's a TV yeah. salesperson there, just on the TV, and and it's 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 a great scene. Like, and he looks great. Kirk Douglas looks great in these clothes. He yep. chooses an outfit that's not really. He he pulls it off. Like even though mm-hmm. he's eighty and he's wearing this outfit, he really pulls it off. So, yeah, I love that scene. It's really good. And he's not eighty. I guess he's playing a sixty-seven-year-old man in this in this movie. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, Burt Lancaster's only two years older than Kirk Douglas, but he ca- was casted to play five years older, I think, by Kirk Douglas. So that's an interesting interesting thing that Kirk Douglas did, suggesting that Burt Lancaster is even older than him uh, than he is. So, but my best scene, trying on clothes at that 80s shop. It was really fun. I liked it a lot. Moving mm-hmm. on. Yes. Who wants to go? I mean, I'll go. I'll, I'll go. Now. That's cool. Um, it's interesting because, like, we're this is the third Kirk Douglas scene that, are, uh, that, that that's going to be referenced. Um, so yeah, of course, I love this movie. We watched it so many times when we were kids. I remember going to Reed's house and watching mm-hmm. it because he was the only person we knew who had a v, uh, VCR. And HBO. And HBO, yes. And um, yeah, of course, I love the whole scene where it's like, wow, we can have computerized TV salespeople at a at a store. This is amazing. It, was, it, it reminded me a lot of, uh, of Serge in Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. I feel and like it's it's Serge mixed with Max Johnny Headroom, Five, Max Headroom, Johnny Five, and a touch of Pee Wee Herman. Yes, yeah, and and per, perhaps even Jombie from Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Shut up. But anyway, um, going forward on this, I really love the whole idea of like Kirk Douglas being this whole guy, the guy who was like, I'm just going to reclaim my youth, and meeting up with that. That that girl and going out to to chainsaw the 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 punk rock club and it's cool man slammy slammy and punching the guy in the face and just kind of like embracing the changing of the times. I really wanted to say that my favorite scene was an Eli Wallach scene because Eli Wallach is one of my favorite actors who has ever walked the face of the earth and especially the whole scene of like the I know Winchester. But I have to say that the greatest scene in all of Tough Guys. Is the scene where Kirk Douglas realizes just how old mm-hmm. he is and how he's not—he's not—he's not where 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 people think he is. And this girl who really likes him and really really thinks he's cute, really enjoys him, and it's not like a gimmick, it's not like a, a joke or anything like that. She really really digs this guy, and he's like, you know what? I'm not I'm not the right person for you. I'm not I'm not in this scene, and he walks away from her. And she does the whole thing. It was like, like, well, hey, if you ever change your mind, you know where to find me. And he's like, 
chainsaw. And you know that he's never going to go back to her. He's never going to see her again. But he had that one one glimpse of humanity again where he was like, yeah, I could have, but mm-hmm. he's like, kind of like understanding how old he is and, 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 and who he is and what he is and how time is moving on. And I just, even as a kid, even as a kid, I always thought that was such a sweet scene that he really was genuine in that in that one moment. So that is my favorite scene in Tough Guys. Wow. Jamie, I think I saw your hand up. Yeah, you know, I really had to think back on this movie because we watched it when we were um, fucking blotto. And um, <laughs> obviously, I mean, we had talked about the, um, the department store uh, clothes trying on scene and so that was something that's like it's easy to grab onto and it's easy to mm-hmm. um, recall as something that's kind of fun because it's a montage and it totally reminds me also of um, Xanadu which you know I love Xanadu and the part where they dress up Gene Kelly to the sounds of ELO which is great but I didn't that's not the one that I really wanted to focus on I wanted to think about something that maybe was a little bit different about tough guys that I liked and ultimately I think what I appreciated about it it's not like a it doesn't qualify as like a best scene per se but I liked the fact that Dana Carvey was playing a straight person not like a fucking character and that he wasn't distracting by being like Garth or a church lady or some bullshit uh-huh. and he was just Dana Carvey and it was just like it wasn't music like a you know it wasn't like some weird ass character that was distracting. So I, I liked seeing it's like kind of like um, you know, everybody was totally sick of Jim Carrey and all the dumb characters that he did until like Truman Show came out and they're like, oh, so I guess he can do a little acting. So I I enjoyed Dana Carvey's performance in that it was just um he played it straight and it wasn't you didn't have to be like um a jackass about like the character that he was being. Was he wasn't being turtly. Oh, God. I mean, one of my first notes is that it's a really nice, straight, sweet performance by Dana Carvey. He's he's swelling this. He really is. Um, Wow. So who's left? Me and Aaron. I'll I'll go because um, I I now wish that I had watched this movie while drunk. um, (laughs) I watched it sober. And I feel bad. Bad idea. Bad idea. I um, I feel like I watched a completely different movie than <laughs> this movie. As I said earlier, um, made me angry. I I, I hate this movie. <laughs> I feel bad saying that because you're all saying like such nice things about it. I'm like, okay, I guess I can see that. But um, okay, like from the start of it, like the um, and <clears throat> the from the start of it with the that song that starts it off i think it's kenny rogers kenny rogers yeah they, uh, they don't make them like they used to yeah that one that and that that line and i and, and i know that it might just be like the, my own relationship to nostalgia but I, I just really hate nostalgia um so that line made me already angry like just the, the <laughs> sense of this is going to be the movie where <laughs> Two old dudes talk about how terrible the present is, and um, they don't make things like they used to. And and um, I, I I have in my notes um, <laughs> that <laughs> there's a line where I, I wrote there there'd be ten million fewer magas um, if not for this movie. 
because um, I just whoa, wow. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry, holy I'm sorry. shit! Um, I, I was just I was watching it, and it's it's like the when I was thinking about this movie. So um, the the nostalgia for the fifties is, is fairly clear and present in the movie, and like all the people who now have like nostalgia for the fifties were like kids in the fifties, um, and so it's like this these characters seem to embody that that moment and um they 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 i just i i i i'm a, I'm a teacher and i hate i i this movie i felt this movie was so um bad that i had to do something else that i really hate grading um just so like that wow. i could weather the movie <laughs> so jesus that's, that's, christ that's my starting point with the movie like even the the scene um, cause we didn't talk about some of the things that make this movie bad yet. Uh, unless, um, unless I, I like, uh, no, no, we're, we're kind of just kind of glancing around. Um, okay. Cause there's a scene that I really, 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 really hate. Um, and it's, um, I was talking to, to my wife, Lisa about the scene where. Is the light um, beer scene? No, well, that one too. That one too, yeah. That one, <laughs> that that one, that one bad. One That's bad news. Um, like every scene, like the, I, I, um, it seemed like the first hour of the movie was just like vignettes of cultural complaints of the 80s. And so, oh, yeah. I, and so like these, the, 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 the kid is in the yogurt shop and he's. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and Wait! Like don't you like fucking it. dare say that's a bad scene! Don't you dare! <laughs> the, the, the scene. The, the I'm gonna only... drive to Sacramento and kick your ass. <laughs> this is a bad scene. So, like, there's this rude kid, and then he gets yogurt thrown on him. Like, yeah. it's just I, 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 I thought it was, um, um, it was like um, the only way I can put it is that the whole movie was. Um, just some screenwriter masturbating over the things that made him angry, and like Oof. that was that was like him taking out uh. his vengeance on the young people today. And so the one good like, line, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. It's like it's like like the movie Falling Down, but a comedy is like sort of what I, you're I, getting at. That's exactly that's exactly <laughs> it. The, the entire time I was like, this is just falling down, but with like really terrible music in the background. <laughs> the score is just horrific. Kenny yeah. Rogers is not terrible. No, no, no! Not the Kenny Rogers one. Like there, there's just like boop, 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 like happening oh, yes. in the background. Randomly. <laughs> it's just like the worst score. It's like the, and I don't know how that fits the tone of the movie. Oh, I um, do remember I that. They used yeah. to like you know a movie's the, bad when like the the music's like this is a comedy scene. Yeah. Do, 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 it's comedy. Hey, idiot! This is a comedy. Get it through your skull. This is a comedy. Laugh it up, you yuckwad. Why ain't you laughing? Somebody was paid to just go do 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 on a fucking uh, keyboard, and they and they made it into a movie. And it was like, I don't know, I, I that was really terrible for me. By that I'm, by that I'm, by that rationale, could we call it uh, falling down and I can't get up? <laughs> yes, you. Could. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 That's very that. good. That's very good. That is Thank very you. good. Thank except you. that Burt Lancaster and Kurt Douglas, they don't fall down, man. No. They, they fall don't down, fall down. They don't they fall get down. right back up. They get right back up. Those guys guys could both like in 1986. Those guys could have like like just completely shattered our jaws. That's right. Especially, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that they couldn't. Um, But um, who who was it? Dan, you had said that you really liked that scene with um, where he's uh, Kirk Douglas is telling 
um, sky that he was going to yes, go that was me. That that whole relationship was horrifically difficult to watch because <laughs> it, it, like like the the <laughs> masturbation level in that scene where Kirk Douglas walks into a gym and a beautiful woman walks up to him and is like, oh, I'm glad that there's a real man here. And she throws him, herself onto him was just like, again, this. Uh-huh. Right. No, I, it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's a, yeah. it's a wonderful scene, I, 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 but <laughs> what they it, did it made me it. very uncomfortable to watch it. I love it. It's also it's, like, uh, like, hey, Kirk, were you, uh, you, are you one of the producers on this movie? Like, me? No. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I'm not exactly. making this happen. What? You're crazy. Like, like that that was not a scene like that was not a scene that seemed um that seemed without compulsion. Um so right, that was yeah. that was uh, um, I'm I not here to argue you. why your scene's not good. I'm just I'm just presenting why I it was very hard for me to find a scene that I What's... actually enjoyed um in the movie. I would say that, um, that I mean like in so... this, this era, Kirk Douglas was hot AF as fuck. He was Is that how you, is that how you <laughs> say like... it? Is that how the kids say it? <laughs> he and that yogurt scene had probably my favorite line in the movie where um he uh where is it he says that after he gets fired what kind of business is that selling bacteria to children like, uh, that's, that's a good line, line. That's, that's a good like, line that's a great line i it, it seemed like it was super overdubbed so it was added like way <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah like, definitely Yes. That was one of the things I was like, maybe that's the best scene is that one line uh, for me because it's it's really really funny. Um, but the it kills. Um, <laughs> it kills. That's that, that line kills. <laughs> it, it kills me. Okay. All right. The, I have a question um, for the Sakar. Yeah. Oh wait, can I ask <laughs> the, the Sakar brothers, George and Dan? You grew up with this movie. Um, yeah. Aunt, did your friend only have like a handful of VHS? No, no. So this <laughs> is our dad's friend, and he had he had a lot of movies. Like he had a lot of movies, but no, no. He had a VCR, so we could rent this. Oh, you'd re-rent this movie over and over again. Here's the thing: is that in in Eagle Rock uh, at the Safeway, which is now a Vons in Eagle Rock by the park by the post office. I, I hate to see change like that. Right, exactly. This Safeway has, has has been mentioned, I believe, in our Little Shop of Horrors episode. Um, yes, yeah. yeah. They had a, a video, a little video store shop as part of the as part of the store, and we would just get the the, the movies we could get. You know, uh, Mount Two Brains. I think no, Mom never let us get that. But uh, we got Tough Guys. We got Tough Guys was was a go to. It was a go to, and yeah, yeah. Also, Reed had HBO. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, and this was on HBO a lot, so we a would go lot. over and the you know, um, so our, our 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 family friend Reed, uh, he was an incredible abstract artist or a painter. He's a um, he he's I think that I've ripped off his style when I started painting. Um, but uh, yeah, and he would he would go away. He had a place in Hawaii and in San Diego, and he had a place in in LA in Glendale, and we would go and like house sit, and um, they had a pool. Yeah, oh, very, yeah, very excellent. Like it was like a condo with a pool and a VCR, and uh, it was great. Uh, so yeah, watch Tough Guys swim in the pool. Go get a Burger King. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some MTV. <laughs> I don't remember that. Just imagine you uh, both looking at a TV guy. Like, uh, tough Guys. Uh, uh, rock it out! Rock it out! Some cooking with Alf. Cooking with Alf. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we would definitely go through the TV guide and find out like when's the next Angela Lansbury movie going to be on. 
When when is Clue returning? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, you guys so, are real. So uh, n- yeah. Not as entertaining as uh, an answer as you would hope for, I see. <laughs> uh, but that's fine. Hey, Max, yeah, so, so, yeah you, you guys are, are true cinephiles. I don't I don't know mm-hmm. what what else to say. How did how did have this you happen? Seen this before, Len? True, I, true no, cinephiles of not. have watched. <laughs> I don't know that true cinephiles have watched this movie like twenty times. It's a specific kind of cinephile. It's like a it's like a cine, it's like a cine, like a like a cine mutant cockroach kind of thing. Just like scuttle through a video store. It really depends on how you want to dis- describe or define a cinephile. I mean, if, yeah. if there's if it's just somebody who loves movies because they are movies and then yeah. you know that's a cinephile right there and then that's true. I, I think george and dan definitely qualify that's but if you want to definition yeah i mean you could add like a some snooty levels to that if you wanted to but you don't have to I don't think. yeah yeah i think that like i i'm definitely i'm definitely a high low person i mean i'm just going to show you a couple things that i've got just within arm's reach of me right now um <laughs> You know, we've got from the high, which is you know defending your life, which is one of the greatest. I got that one. Uh, and then uh, a film that no one knows about. It's called Sunset Grill with Peter Weller. Um, oh my god, that fucking movie! Yeah. And then Dudes, which is a punk rock western. So oh god, that fucking movie! It's on Blu-ray. Sure. Anyway, that's I just those, that's two of the one hundred movies that are within my arms reach right now. But uh, I ain't never heard of none of these movies. You Come on! Come on, man! Lee Bing from Fear is in that shit. He's the villain. I gotta watch it. Watch music it. By the, music by the Vandals. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So I guess this brings us to what is the? Oh well, no, 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 no. no. Did you say your best? Your best no, scene? No, we said our I best. Scene. I just said. I, I just said the movie. The scenes that I hated. I hated. The <laughs> oh last fuck! Scene I didn't say. I didn't say. I, I and <laughs> I didn't. So once Aaron is done, I yeah, will say yeah, mine. And you gotta do. I'll wrap up. That's right. I'll wrap up because there's there's uh, most of the, my notes are like, what the hell is this? Um, so the <laughs> the um, uh, you know my my favorite movie my favorite scene. Um, there's two scenes that I thought were filmed. I, I think the cinematography on the movie was actually really nice. And some of the scenes look really good too. Um, and so the going, I think off of what Jamie had said, um, I really liked the scene in the, imba- the abandoned warehouse um, where they're with um, Dana Carvey and they're about to go steal the train. Is that a spoiler alert? Um, uh, <laughs> at the end of the movie, it's shot well. Dana Carvey is like the first character who isn't just like a foil for cultural complaints. He's mm-hmm. like treated as a real character. The two of them like have a conversation where they're like uh, uh, talking about things that truly they care about. Um, there was none of the bad music. Um, and th- that was the scene that I liked the most was um, as they were going off to uh, go steal the train with Dana Carvey. It's a good scene. Um, I was going to choose the, yeah. the the Max Headrooms. I was going to choose the scene, the start of that scene, uh, the the chain, the clothes montage, because mm-hmm. it really did remind me actually of Land when I watched it. I was just like, this is this is a, a scene Land would love, yeah. and so I thought of you <laughs> during that scene. So oh. I was going to choose that one, but I feel like everybody else chose it. So I was going to. Yep. Uh, I chose I chose it first, but we also I know. yeah. Um, that's yeah something we talked about when we were watching it live 
I should mention that the, the Max Hedrum guy also looks like Ed Grimley, which nobody mentioned. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, we talked about right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. said they didn't have any red clothes, but then he leaves with a red jacket. It's cherry, um, dude. It's a cherry. Yeah, it's a cherry jacket. Oh, come on. He doesn't want to eat it. He that's right. That's right. That's you didn't even, you didn't even, you didn't even realize that, and you're going to talk shit about this movie? Man, wow. <laughs> There's a lot of things I don't realize, and then I'll just go talk shit about them. So. Wow. <laughs> this, is a, this is a real inauspicious <laughs> debut for us, uh, for you on this episode. i uh, just like I'm to sorry. announce to everybody that this is Bradford's last episode. Oh, that's it. Uh, no, no, no. I'm joking. Aaron, I'm joking. I'm joking. Aaron will return. We've got a very special project that we're working on with Aaron. That's right. It's amazing watching Dan voice both voices. Uh, I know. Like, I'm shooting myself <laughs> down. How the hell do I do that? <laughs> it's amazing how he does this. It's really incredible. Yeah. I've never been able to see it live. And it's just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Well, I guess it's my turn now. Well, Aaron, did you want to say what your favorite scene or your least favorite scene in Cocoon is? Oh, now? does it? Mm, does that make sense? Okay. Or because we, we we should get to that before we do our votes. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, the worst scene um, is for me the um, was a, that, that I, I was looking back through my notes. The worst scene I thought was it was really hard because I watched Cocoon after I watched Tough Guys. Yeah. And so everything that I every all of my notes for Cocoon are basically like I really liked how the men in Cocoon were like real and vulnerable men who were able to have conversations unlike the other two guys. I literally have fuck tough guys um, as my final note. Because <laughs> um, I like Cocoon so much more, but um, I, you know, one of the things my worst scene was when um, the I, I'm terrible with names. And I'm trying to remember them. Um, the one dude was looking through the keyhole, and he saw the Steve alien Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg, yeah, and he saw the alien the alien woman kind of start glowing. And mm -hmm. that always like takes me out of almost any movie was when they like show the the creature and it's revealed and it's it's um, I thought it was it looked okay um, it was a good special effect but um, it just takes me out of the movie to kind of like see that it's not it's not I think we're bad with imagining aliens so that's <laughs> that's not really that's not really Cocoon's fault it's just human's fault so <laughs> that was that was my worst scene was just like the the moment when he sees her and it's not it's not quite as um amazing as right. as it could otherwise be yeah that, that was my pick too and and oh, jamie no <laughs> was that? But for, di for different reasons but the same scene i'm gonna step away from one sec sorry yeah okay I, I also, we, both, we both thought it was like the movie porky's at that point where he's like yeah. he's a peeping tom sure. and yeah. uh but yeah i thought i thought the effects were pretty cool i don't know yeah you know, it's like what Peter Jackson does with the elves in The Lord of the Rings. He just makes oh, them yeah. glow. And mm -hmm. like, oh, they don't glow quite as much as the aliens in Cocoon, but they do have a, yeah. a sheen to them. I, I will say, these the 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 the, the Cocoon aliens. Um, what's happening? That's not me, is it? Is there an echo? I think it might be Jamie talking to somebody like in a couple, I see. A couple rooms. I see. Um, I, I think the thing that I was saying a lot on Friday night was that these are like ETs that are down to clown, 
Does that, sure. does that sound right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. There you go. Um, I, yeah. also, I, I don't think that I chose my worst scene on on Friday night. Oh, wow. Oh, I, shit. I introduced the movies, but then there was some, we kind of like started, to, as we started Whoa. to trail off. Uh, my worst Go for scene, my, I mean, I don't I don't really like this movie very much, and I may have chosen a worst scene. I don't think I did. Uh, if I did, then I get to have two. Maybe yep. I'll say the same one. Who knows? But my worst scene <laughs> uh, that I have in my notes is whenever they're swimming around uh, and they're scuba diving, and I have to watch it because it's not filmed that well and it's boring. Uh, and if I wanted to watch people swim, I just go to a public pool. I don't need to watch it Jesus. in this movie. Jesus, um, okay, okay. And then, okay. you know, there's a lot of charming people in the movie. You got Gutenberg, you got all the all the old people, and then I don't get to see them. Then they're just like, here's an underwater scene. Okay, yeah, I get it. They're going underwater. That's great. That's, I, I don't know if I'd feel that way about any movie with swimming in it, but for this one, I've chosen that, according to my notes, as my, right. as my worst right. scene. It's possible I said something else last Friday. Um, but if I did, forget about it. It's a race. But I don't think I did. I don't think I did. I don't think you did, yeah. Um, I would say also you watch out for the movie Thunderball. There's a lot of very slow underwater swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'd say a third of that film. And it's a long movie. Um, all right, so I think it's my turn now. And I can't – I think I remember what I picked for, for Cocoon. So I'm going to go here. Um, uh, uh, it's weird. There are some stuff that it, there's a, I would say the, the, the big difference between these two movies is that there are gay panic jokes in tough guys and there are none in cocoon. Like Aaron was saying that there's an open, they're like able to like talk about their own problems and their own boners. Um, <laughs> whereas, you know, Kirk and, Bert would just fucking rip each other's heads off if they mentioned a boner in each other's presence. And um, mm. that's important as you get older. Um, so, yeah, let's see. I love all the stuff. I love Chainsaw, Spring Street. That 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 scene, though, the, the slam dancing scene where the guy bumps into Kirk Douglas is like, it's cool, man. Slam me. Slam me. And he just decks him. I mean, that how much done. do we laugh at that shit when we were kids, dude? That was done two years before, almost exactly to the to the word in a film called Trancers, which is a great, great uh, ultra low budget. Oh yeah, riff. Yeah. It's a it's a basically a riff on like what if the blade? What if we combined Blade Runner and Terminator into a movie yeah. and had like uh, like a quarter of the uh, food budget for Blade Runner? <laughs> so. Uh, highly recommend that. Transfers, great film. Um, With a future Oscar winner in it. Oh, right. Um, a few things that I love is that um, this, all, this this is our second film that we've covered this year that has uh, Body by Jake. He um, mm-hmm. was also in Into the Night. Mm-hmm. He plays the, uh, the head uh, orderly at the old folks' home. Uh, he's got a, maybe the greatest line in this movie. Uh, let's rock and roll, Gert. Um, it's a good line. That is a good line. Anyway, I'm not going to dick around other, too much. Um, <laughs> what is the other orderly? I knew I recognized him from somewhere. The, the red-haired guy, but he was he a child actor? Was he like Bad News Bears or some shit? Like I that? wonder. I, I yeah, I, I couldn't quite place that dude. It, and that's not one of the twins that's in um, T2. But uh, yeah, who the hell was that guy? 
I recognize um, him from somewhere. I just couldn't, I, I didn't bother looking yeah. him up. I thought you might know. If, no, but, I don't know. But if anyone listening uh, knows who that is, uh, please email. Who the hell is that red-haired orderly at worst scene? Uh, uh, underscore tough guys dot uh, edu. Don't, don't fuck up the address. We're trying to get actual feedback. Yeah, oh, Dan. That, 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 that's not, that, that changed? I'm so sorry. Yeah, we changed it too. We got a different address now. Okay. Uh, before I get to my scene, I'm going to do a little thing. So Siskel and Ebert did this, and they were split. I think that Ebert gave it a thumbs down, but it was, it was a moderate thumbs down, and, and Siskel gave it a moderate thumbs up. So Ebert loved the last third, which is the the robbery sequence. Like He loved, once they get back into crime, that's what Ebert liked. Siskel really liked the, boy, these are crazy times stuff. And uh, so I want to ask the crowd, we've got all six of us, what do you prefer? Do you prefer the, boy, the 80s are crazy, or I love Robin Trains? Uh, Land, I'm going to start with you. Damn. I guess I will go with, boy, the 80s are crazy, because... Mm -hmm. It was fun to see them interact with uh, 80s elements, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, uh, Ed Grimley slash Max Headroom, 80s clothing. And also I thought the the train scene, it looked like it cost a lot of money. It was like at the end, because they drive a train off the tracks, they like wreck a train, like for real. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the fuck are they? Like, how much did this movie cost to make? I'm going to go with uh, 80s stuff. And that's my final answer. Great, great. Uh, let's see. Uh, Richard, what do you think? 80s stuff. All right. <laughs> Terrific. Dan? Man, this is a tough one because, like, I want to say the 80s stuff, but if it, but it feels like there were so many things in that era where yeah. like it was fish out of water, mm-hmm. east meets west, <clears throat> that kind of an idea. I'm going to have to say the bank robbery, the, the train robbery, because it felt like, Hey man, this is what we this is what we were made for. This is what we were born into. And I'll say to to support anyone who wants to pick the train robbery, you see those helicopter shots, and that's that's actually Kirk Douglas with an Uzi walking around on an actual moving train, and that's impressive. There's a movie um, from the late '70s called The Great Train Robbery with Sean Connery, and Sean Connery's wife at the time gave him uh, a lot of shit because he was he had promised that after he quit James Bond, he wasn't going to do stunts again. And he's on the top of a high-speed moving train, uh, and it's like, well, that's him. There's no, there, there's not a good mask. This is 1976 or whatever the hell it was. So um, I think this is this is equal to that. Um, so you know, there's no wrong choices. Uh, okay, who wants to go next? Uh, Jamie, 80s or trains? Trains. Trains. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay, Aaron. Break the tie. Uh, trains, all the way trains. Trains, okay. There, there's right. nothing horrifically um, offensive in the train section, except the only other movie uh, when they when they go into Mexico. Um, all right, all right. So it's now three to two, three two, and I am going to go 80s. So it's a mm. it's a tie. Mm. We all like ties. None of us are competitive oh, except no. for Richard. Um, uh, so, all right. So with that, I am now going to, uh, jump into, uh, my pick for, oh, all, one little factoid, uh, Hillel Slovak, guitarist for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, predeceased both of the stars of this film. Actually, all of the major elderly stars. 
so uh, Georgie, he is actually not the only one. I'm looking this up right now. I know. Uh, so Eli Wallach was not the originally was not originally. I know. Yes. Do we talk about this? Go for it. Uh, Adolf Caesar, who is an American actor, theater director, dancer, and choreographer, was originally cast as Eli Wallach's part, but he died of complications from a heart attack on the set of the film and was replaced by Eli Wallach. So prior to this movie being out, there, there were a couple of people who died on it. Sure. I just wanted and to bring it all down on that one. So uh, That's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, mine is more important because Carl yes, Slovak right. was in his 20s. So what you're saying is like, yeah, okay. Uh, Adolf Caesar was nominated for an Academy Award, but uh, okay, fine. No, that's, look. <laughs> I'm just, basically, I'm, just I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to debate. We're not going to do this. No, we're not going to fight. What I'm saying fight. is more important than what you're saying, period. Okay. Can I, can, can somebody just, agree with me? Just land. Just put this on you, land. I wasn't paying attention. Good, good. That's the right know. answer. All right, so my favorite scene uh, in in Tough Guys, um, this with this, I, I I spent a lot of time meditating on this. Actually, zero time. I, I actually didn't even have to rewatch the film. It's the fucking clothing store. The clothing store scene is like one of my all time favorite scenes in eighties films. This clothing montage is neck and neck with European Vacations clothing montage. Now that one is slightly better because there's more fashions and it's filmed better. Um, it's an actual proper montage instead of just like, here, we're going to set up a camera and just have them keep coming out. Uh, and there's more than just four looks. There's many looks, many new looks. Um, <laughs> good point. Good point. But the song is better in, uh, in, in this film. And um, yeah, boy, there's that one look where he's got like the, like a lot, there's like a pink accent and um, a weird cap that I love, but I will say that his final look, the, the cherry red blazer um, and that print shirt, I have been trying to get to that look my whole life. And I feel like now that I'm in my forties, I am buying clothes that look like this. And um, this, this really kind of started me on uh, this and uh, maybe the Phil Collins episode of Miami Vice started me on a path. So, um, it's like the the, 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 Mem the Memphis style of the '80s, that Italian Memphis style. Yeah. So having known you for 20 years, George, this does put some things in perspective for me. Like <laughs> you know, that uh, you know, Kirk yes. Douglas in this partic particular movie, in that particular scene, was a fashion icon for you. Yes. Yes. And then when you pair that with um, the uh, Phil Collins episode of Miami Vice, I'm like, oh man, yeah, it's all making sense now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a dream. And it's like, like when I finally was able to, you know, custom, well, I, whatever, I have some, some fancy shirts and, uh, it's great. Like I feel good. I feel good wearing these stuff. Like I, 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 and I don't have anything as cool as what Kirk Douglas is wearing in this movie, but someday I will. Someday Something to aspire to. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'll go. I'll go to, um, Al's attire and like get an actual proper, you know, Memphis design style suit. So. You should. All right. All right. Something well, we've done this. Aspire to is choosing which one of these is better. The, Ooh. 
the best scene in the bad movie or the worst scene in the good one? Oh man, this is a tough one. This is a real tough yeah. one. Um, this is a real Sophia's decision. Right, yes. I think I have my answer. Go. I'm going to have to say tough guys because that Ooh. scene was just, it was just so heart-wrenching. And the scene in, in Cocoon was just, I'm sorry, man, it was fucking ridiculous. So just again, which one did you pick in Cocoon? I said in Cocoon, it was the scene where, um, it was a sex scene, in essence, with uh, uh, Kitty and the goot. The the E.T. down to clown, got it. The E.T. down to clown, yeah, where like her soul came out and became like a fucking Acme cartoon. Uh, I'm just going to let you guys know that I get uh, I get a bonus. Uh, I get uh, $15 uh, worth of camel cash if I say E.T. down to clown. 20 times in this episode. So, um, you're at like four now. So you need to, you need to really get going. I'm done. I'm done, man. I'm fucking done. I'm <laughs> yeah. Okay. Camel cash, camel cash, camel cash. But I just feel like the tough guy scene, um, uh, unlike George had some heart to it. Mm. Oh, wow. Wow. Land go goes. I'll yeah. say, um, I'm going to say tough guys because the tough guys scene was like, oh, okay. But then the cocoon scene was like, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. What was the cocoon that's, scene again? A very good reason. Oh, I, I don't remember. <laughs> no, it was, um, <laughs> it was people scene for me, people scene oh, cocoon people. versus um, uh, dress up montage for tough guys. All right. I think Jamie, you want to go next? Yeah, tough guys. Tough Absolutely guys. tough guys all the way. I, I can't stand Cocoon and um, Aaron Bradford. <laughs> Aaron Bradford missed my rant about Cocoon. I just don't have any, like, I don't have no, any space in my life for that kind of manipulative Hollywood bullshit anymore. I fucking hate it. I don't want to ever see it again. Um, wow. So Cocoon can fucking go fuck me. Wow. 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 Oh. All right. Uh, all right. Who wants to go now? I'll go. Um, I'll go with. I'm gonna change my my. Oh no! Originally gonna choose the the clothing montage scene. That was actually in my notes to put that one in there. Um, um I really didn't like that scene in Cocoon with the the people. Um, like, so I'll. I'll I guess the clothing montage scene is better in Tough Guys. <laughs> Even though oh, I know I can I can feel whole, how much that hurts. <laughs> as a whole, is one of the worst things I've ever watched. That makes our <laughs> our culture worse off for existing. Oh man, um, this is great. <laughs> this choose, is great. I'll choose, I'll choose the that scene because I I, la I genuinely laughed during during that thing, and I genuinely was like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I'll, exactly. I'll choose that exactly. Um, we'll let you, we'll let you close it, George. So I'll, I'll go All right. next. I'll, I'll say that the scenes of people swimming and cocoon <laughs> again, if I want to see that, just go to the pool, uh, and versus the clothing try on montage of the eighties clothing try on montage. Uh, and I got to go, I got to go with tough guys on this. That was just a, a fun scene. Wow. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So Tough guys all the way. So I feel like maybe someone has like 
forgotten what they picked, but did it, or was that the only one who picked like the thing in, in Cocoon where they're like trying to crack the egg of the cocoons in the pool? Like you did. I, 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 yeah, that was, that was you. It was entirely all the oldsters. So it was just me though, about the oldsters getting power mad. Uh, okay. So I've got that versus the clothing store. Yeah, fucking clothing store wins. So it's tough guys for me. Tough guys, so um, the way. so is it across the board? Six way tough guys. Six way tough guys, and you know what that means. This, this movie opens with uh, with Kenny Rogers, and so any participating Kenny Rogers roasters that you want to go to, we made a special deal with them, uh, where you will get a free side of roasted potatoes. Just go right up, say I would like my. My uh, my worsty potatoes. And worsty if potatoes. If it is a participating Kenny Rogers Roasters, they will happily hand those mm-hmm. right over. If it is not, again, as always, be cool. Yeah. Pay for your food. Get out of there. Yeah. Now they may say like, "Well, are you sure?" And then you will you will have to say in the same cadence, "They don't." Make them like they used to, and they will just fucking hand you those potatoes. <laughs> it is over. It is over. So, so many potatoes. So many fucking potatoes. Yeah, yeah, boy. Um, gosh, this is a this is possibly the most insane episode we've done. Ah, uh, yeah. I think the, I'm excited to do one where where we're, we're all in sidecars of motorcycles. Um, <laughs> I think that sound, would be the fun. sound will probably be better. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Huh. Um, uh, before I forget, I want to just uh, tell everybody: um, please follow us on Facebook, and that's uh, at Worst Scene, Best Scene, or on Instagram, and it's just just Worst Scene. And then right. a lot of silence right after that. It's very mm-hmm. solid. That's just the uh, of everybody here going to follow us. On- yeah, yeah. So. This is cool. We all agreed on something, and yeah, I was worried. I, it, it's so funny. I I grew up with both of these fucking old people movies, and uh, man, like I think that you know we saw Cocoon in the theater at a mall. Like that's it's just so yeah. weird. That like this this window of time where it's like oldsters and uh, kids like the same shit. <laughs> so. Uh, follow me on Instagram if you want to have more uh, oldsters and young kids um, in your feed. Uh, Land is grimacing, and the, probably I said something bad. No, not good. All right. Uh, let me try it again. Um, you know what? No. Uh, but anyway, if, if you want to have a really uh, uh, bomb-ass oldster and young kid movie expo, uh, like a exposition. Um, uh-huh. Speaking of exposition, uh, there's a hit film called Cloak and Dagger, starring uh, Hollywood's hottest hunk, um, Dabney Coleman. Um, and it's uh, my favorite thing is like putting little kids in jeopardy. Danger. God, this is God, George. Trying, trying to add We're trying to wrap this thing up. Like, I normally, oh, I we're wrapping. Oh, oh, sorry. I, I didn't know we were wrapping up. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, normally right, so, I don't, uh, I, don't we'll, we'll, edit, I don't edit anything out of this, but I think, to, I think so, this time I'm going to be doing. I feel like I was, I was way, I was. I, you know, here's the problem. I was way less drunk uh, on Friday. I think I'm way the most drunk now. So. <laughs>
again, um, uh, in reference to my liver, they don't make them like they used to. Um, anyway, does anyone else have anything to say before we wrap it up? Or have uh, Mary uh, does anybody have anything to promote? Other, other yeah, than this interesting Instagram feed that George was talking about. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I actually, um, uh, my friend Quentin and I are starting our own uh, podcast called uh, What the Hell Happened Here. We are going to be going live with it uh, by November of 2021. Cool. Um, we're just going to be talking about, like, it's going to be a little bit of true crime, a little bit of history, a little bit of natural disasters, just kind of things that make you kind of think, like, holy shit, what the hell happened? Like, really, really bizarre, odd things, whether it be an unsolved crime or a paranormal activity or what have you so uh we recorded our first episode today and we're really excited about hey. it and uh hopefully by november we'll uh we'll have our first five up so we we'll awesome. can we, like we, can we, yeah can we find those like on like uh apple podcasts uh, we're gonna be on uh it's gonna be uh on anchor and cool Spotify. fantastic so I'll, I'll have more uh more postings it as we go along now, Aaron, Aaron, you're a great writer. Uh, do you have anything uh, that the, the folks out there can um, read or buy? Um, yeah, there's, there's, if, if, oh, my, if you go to Facebook slash a dot r dot Bradford, um, you can see some of my poems over there that I've been posting and sharing in, in the, the lead up to, um, uh, uh, you, 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 hopefully be coming out with soon so hopefully we lost so much of your audio you, you there Aaron. Froze up. so is this is this a, a tupelo press thing um yeah but it's uh so you can um you can a lot of my poems uh, were coming uh being sponsored through that but um did you get the the that this is how how I feel all of my prom self promotion goes, which is like <laughs> that's the one part that breaks up. It's like so oh. Facebook <laughs> Facebook.com slash a dot r dot Bradford. Yeah. Um, Great. So that, that, and uh, I, I swear to God, Aaron, uh, you have broken my heart so many times with your writing. Uh, you 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 really are a uh, you're a beautiful son of a bitch. Yeah. It's because but, I hate tough guys. It's, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> the, honestly, the, the the poem you wrote about the uh, about the tree in your backyard that really that knocked me on my butt. I really love that. You did write a poem about the tree in your backyard, right? I'm not just insane. I, I, I'm sure that I I'm sure that I have. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's hope so. Fingers crossed. All right. All right. So, Jamie, you are you and Aaron are both our newest. Uh, guests uh what would you like to promote i know you've got some big future projects um i mean if anybody wants to follow my band sponge bath uh we our only social media presence is on instagram but it's at sponge bath band um and we do have a website as well it's spongebath.band um and then we're gonna have um a radio show coming up on lost church radio lost church oh. free radio i guess technically in the name of it um and that's coming up in october sometime but i don't have any more details about that but um if you tune into either the band's website or the instagram you can find you'll you'll have plenty of notice when it comes up 
And uh, we got a sneak preview of some of the uh, the radio show and some of the, the new songs, and it's great. Uh, it's very fun. Um, yeah, uh, you'll Scoopy. like it. Yeah. Some skit comedy. I mean, it's comedy rock to begin with. We all dress as nurses, so it's lighthearted yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's Land? not tough, guys, but... Well, hey, what is? <laughs> slam me, Land? slam me. Um. I'd like to promote the slammy scene of tough guys, which I forgot about. And uh, I'd like to promote Aaron's poem about a tree in his backyard. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm putting together a GoFundMe to buy land a light bulb. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it's, uh, oh yeah, very it's dark getting there. dark. Sun's going down. Hold on, I'll just put on a white screen and it lights my face up. There we go. Sun's down. Whoa, Whoa. that's that's terrifying. Now I'm the guy who needs the light bulb. Okay. So, in cl- I will prom- for land. I will promote the talkies show at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco. Oh, on, uh, October twentieth, I think. October twentieth, and it's a real murderer's row of performers. It's it's crazy. It Please is. come if you can. Yeah, I mean, you've got land. You got uh, Landsmith. You got Aviva. Uh, God damn it! Who else? Like uh, yeah. George Chen, Nick Stargu. DJ Real host Nick Stargu, DJ Real. I believe Kasim Bentley will be there. Oh yeah, I think they have. Uh, it's going to be a great lineup. Uh, talkies at Cobb's Comedy Club, which will be advertised in the future episode that we recorded before this yesterday. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. time yeah, is very flexible in, uh, in in the world of of recording things. But unlike in the world of uh, retirement homes, I actually no, that's not true because like maybe you'll find like some uh, DTC uh, ETs that uh, want to take you up in, in their UFO. They don't make them like they used to. You'll see as time goes on. So count on. Sure and 